Good morning, Grace Gospel Church. I'm here, Pastor Troy Sergi, along with Pastor Trent Bodecker. It's good to be here today. Yeah, after a couple of weeks of, of taking off, I think just with our schedules, and I, I took a vacation for, for a few days, one of the weeks, and I just, we guess we never really got to, to, to a podcast uh, the past couple of weeks, but we're excited to, to be back here. And we have an interesting topic today, and it's about divisiveness in our culture and divisiveness in our church uh, more specifically not necessarily our our church grace gospel church but but the evangelical church the 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 big church even in our country and even in the world uh the body of christ we, we could say yeah, and even in the culture in general just the tone the tone of our conversations with one another and um yeah this is this is really something i think we see more and more of and mm-hmm. i don't know it just seems feels like we are living in a time of divisiveness, doesn't it? Yeah, it definitely does. And I think the, the age or time of divisiveness really fits, you know, the broad picture because, you know, I think of all the different stages of my life. As a high school student, there was divisiveness. As a college student at Bible College, there was divisiveness. And then in the real world and in a church ministry setting, there's divisiveness. And it's it's really something that follows you no matter, no matter where you go. Mm-hmm. And I think um, we've seen it a lot this last year and a half, two years as we've gone through this time of uh, the coronavirus pandemic and, and some of the response to that. And so I, I guess maybe we've seen it a lot on, on Facebook. I've seen it on Facebook mm-hmm. as far as how people communicate with one another. And, and we have different views on things, different opinions, different ideas. But I, I just see we don't always bring out those views in a in a in a very positive way, but often in a very um, argumentative kind of way, a defensive way, and and just the clashing that we see on on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's kind of the the main platform I I see it on is Facebook. But of course, there's there's other things like like Twitter and Instagram and and even uh, websites, blogs, things like that. And I think. Uh, especially even when we're looking at our culture with the news and the news outlets and the media, you know, a lot of that has, you know, agenda. And I think that's the big thing that people want to get across is their agenda. If it's a theological agenda in, in a church setting or their own beliefs on, you know, politics or a candidate or an issue, uh, it, it seems like there's always a, an agenda behind the divisiveness that they want to spread to others. Uh, you know, so, some, some agendas, some, some divisiveness, maybe maybe our worth uh, getting arg- uh, argumentative about it as far as you know a healthy debate or a, or a good spirit conversation, um, but I guess probably the more divisiveness that we're talking about today is the one that you know, I would assume you know breaks relationships or mm-hmm. divisiveness that pushes people away from from Christ and the church. If we're talking about a a Christian uh, standpoint. Uh, so th- th- there's different levels of divisiveness. So I think it's important to establish that. But I think mm-hmm. the one that we're going to the main mainly hone in on today is the divisiveness uh, that that causes broken relationships and causes mm-hmm. uh, bad taste in others mouths. Yeah, and I think we've seen a lot of that. We we've seen families that have been strained and friendships that have been strained and, you know, and people that have said, you know, like, because you have a different view of this, then, you know, I'm, I don't even I'm not even going to want you to come over to my house anymore, you yeah, know, and yeah. and that's just really heartbreaking and sad to see. And we don't we don't want to further that. We want to to be peacemakers, and we'll we'll talk about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think of you know Jesus's ministry, especially with the Beatitudes. That peacemaker is a big part of what he lays out in in Matthew five, and uh, 
Uh, I, I think that's just such a big part. And then Paul talks about, you know, the peace of Christ in, in our hearts. And, and peace is a big part of Paul's ministry, too. So I, I have really taken that to heart. I think that's, you know, something that, uh, you know, I've prayed a lot about over my Christian journey so far is, is peace. Giving peace in areas of life where maybe the Lord doesn't have that full uh full capacity uh, that I let him have in my life, um, that full, that full strength. So mm-hmm. I think peace is something we have to be humble about, of understanding that uh, we're not going to find peace just like that on our own, but, but it's the peace of Christ and it's the peace of emulating who Jesus Christ is a lot of the times to, that gives us that peace. Mm-hmm. So we've talked about uh, the polarization and the tensions and the divisiveness of our age. We want to talk about how as Christians, Christ is changing that in us. He changes our tone. He changes our attitudes and in the way that we talk to other people and, and, and communicate and try to persuade. And so we'll talk about that, our tone, how Christ changes our tone. But then we also want to talk about when should we speak? When should we hold our tongue? And when we do speak, how? How should we do that? So that's kind of where we're going. And um, so like um, we're going to talk about uh, how Christ changes our tone and changes our attitude. And, and I, one of my po- favorite verses on this, a really powerful verse is James. And this is a challenging verse, James 1, 19 and 20. It, cha- it challenges me when I hear it, when I read it. I think it should challenge us. James says, This you know, my beloved brethren, but everyone must be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. And I think that's so powerful because it's like, it's really the opposite of what our yeah. impulse is, right? Mm-hmm. We want to be quick to speak mm-hmm. because we're already angry yeah. and we don't want to hear. <laughs> and God says, no, I want it to be the opposite for you. You need to be quick to hear. So listen to the other person. You know, listen to where they're coming from. Try to understand them. Be slow to speak. Don't Don't just get out there and try to argue right from the get-go, and, and then be slow to anger. Don't let your yourself get worked up and, and maybe say things you, you can't take back or, or respond in a way that's going to damage that relationship. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I love the pattern that, that James writes out there, being quick to hear and slow to speak and slow to anger. And I think, yeah, you're right. It's, it's just op- opposite and totally contrary to what our world says. Our world says quick to speak and slow to hear, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I think I love that pattern of, of when we are uh, quick to hear, I think then we become slow to speak because we're, 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 we're honing in on the other person's uh, thoughts, opinions, ideas, and we're valuing them, not just their opinion, but them as an individual. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think when we do that, we can help them feel loved. We can help them feel uh, valued. And that goes a long way with building a relationship with someone in the church or outside of the church. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this goes both ways. We're human. We were all humans, you know, of course, you know, there's differences between, you know, the saved individual and the unsaved individual, but a lot of just our humanity uh, is the same of, of people want to be treated, uh, you know, with respect and kindness and value and worth and, and self-identity. Uh, so I, I think that that verse really does hone in a lot of a lot of what we're talking about today. And I think that you mentioned humility earlier, yeah. and it's the posture of humility that that says, you know, I don't have all the answers mm-hmm. and I can learn. I can learn from you. 
I can learn from others. And uh, even if you're 100% wrong, and I'm 100% right, which probably isn't the case, but even if it were the case, like you said, yeah. uh, just letting the other person know that I care about you enough to yeah. listen to you. And then maybe we can talk about it in a more productive way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and unfortunately, a lot of what uh, is the big you know, divisiveness in, in our society today are are those issues that people feel so strongly about. And I think a lot of the divisiveness comes because a lot of people wrap their whole identity in, you know, this belief or this understanding or this uh, way of thinking, you know, if it comes with the vaccine or if it comes with, you know, a lot of the social justice movements going on. Um, It's hard for some individuals, it's hard to even talk about those issues because they feel so passionate about it. And it's kind of a, a my way or the highway type of, attitude, which I think has caused divisions, not just with individuals, but with people groups, you know, people have started, we, you know, we're a culture of labels too. And people have put uh, camps up and you know, all of this people feels passionate about this, all of this people feels passionate about this, so it's not even worth arguing. But you know, we as believers, we take more of an individual approach of understanding that all people are created in the image of God and that all people, you know, are uniquely constructed. You know, one of my favorite quotes, uh, we had a guest speaker actually that, that quoted it. I've heard it several times. It's that uh, in, in world history, there's never been anyone like you. And after you, there'll never be anyone like you again. And uh, I, I've just always thought about that quote of, of my uniqueness. And there's never been a Troy Sergi ever in human history. There's never been a Trent Bodecker in, in human history. There's never been any of you in world history. And, and after we go home with the Lord, there will never be another one of us mm-hmm. again, exactly like us. So it, it puts a more of an individual perspective on things. And when that comes to opinions and divisiveness, I think, you know, if we truly believe that that all all lives matter and that all all people matter, uh, then then we should come come with that that approach, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I like how you you talked about passion and we should be passionate people. Uh, God is a passionate God. He wants us to be mm-hmm. passionate about about things, but um, our passion shouldn't just blow away the people in front of us. We're we're passionate to to win others mm-hmm. and to win uh, to to influence others in in a good way. And and sometimes uh, we can be so passionate that that we end up destroying instead of building. And that's a, that's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of verses. Um, I love the Proverbs, mm-hmm. and Proverbs says a lot about our tongue mm-hmm. and about our speech and about the way we relate to each other. And so maybe we, we might not comment on each of these, but these are all great verses. Yeah. Um, I love Proverbs 15, one, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a heart, but harsh word, a harsh word stirs up anger. And you know, that, that we see that that's a practical, very practical statement that maybe somebody on Facebook writes something and you are so passionately disagreeing on that and you can type in, you're an idiot. You know, here's, here's my article. And if you just read, if you bothered to read, you'd be more enlightened. And that's a, that's a harsh word. And there's going to be is. wrath there. And do you think that person is going to look up that article? Probably not. No, they're going to write back. You're a moron. <laughs> you know, it's going to, yeah. it's going to create hurt feelings. And so there's a much more positive way that we can approach that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I strongly agree. And I think of even in my, my own life, you know, there's there's been times where I have given a gentle answer. And I think a lot of the, what what tension was there already kind of disappeared after that, after that simple gentle answer or that, that tender heart and care. But there's also been moments with my friends and family where I, I probably have given a harsh answer. And that, unfortunately, a lot of times had has led to anger and more division. And um, I, I, I very much 
feel Proverbs fifteen one as as a real a real thing in in my life and my heart. And I think you know when I when I first came to Christ, I think a lot of these truths that are laid out in in Proverbs about our humanity and and, and righteousness acting and and wickedness uh, living uh, really led led or set paid the path and led me to to Christ fully when I really understood these these basic truths about our humanity um, and, and and Jesus providing a way uh, and an answer to to our fallen state mm-hmm. another uh, another great proverb is proverbs twelve eighteen and this is just a picture a very picturesque way of expressing it uh, there's a there's one who speaks rashly like the thrusts of a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. What a picture, how mm-hmm. our words can cut mm-hmm. the people in front of us and wound them and yeah. wound their hearts. And it's, an, it's not something you see, yeah. it's an invisible wound, but yeah. it's a real wound. Um, but our words could also, if we use them rightly and if we allow God to, to, to work through us and give us wisdom, you know, those words could also bring about something good and, and mm-hmm. bring about healing. So mm-hmm. it's like you before you think before you speak, right? It yeah. sounds simple. It's like the old adage, but it's true. Yeah. Yeah. And I think testimonies play a, a good part of this of, you know, I've heard a lot of testimonies, almost, almost every testimony I have heard in my life, it comes with an influential person in their life that, that spoke wisdom to me. Even if it was just a sermon that they preached in a Sunday morning, you got yourself into a, a church and there was a, a pastor who preached a passionate, but, but tender heart carrying a warm sermon that brought you into relationship with Christ or if it was someone who mentored you or took time to get to know you um, that's always the story I've heard of someone coming to Christ uh, and uh, and testimonies and I think that paves a way of of how do you want to be looked at how does how does an individual want to look at you as a believer Uh, and I think the opposite is true too some of the people that I've met that have the most uh, hatred or uh, distaste or uh, hurt in their their hearts and their lives from Christianity has been an individual one individual who has stirred them the wrong way who has literally hurt their heart which which needs healing who have said words who have had divisiveness so the avenue of our our individual life of the influence that we can have in the world around us goes a long way and, and unfortunately it goes in both extremes either we can be a light and literally bring people into relationship of christ based on our behavior or we can potentially permanently uh, remove them from any thought or consideration of the gospel because of the way that we acted. Yeah, that's a great point. That This is not just a minor issue. It's not just a, a, an issue about my relationships, but it's an issue about how I represent Christ. And in, it might be something simple. It might be something totally unrelated to, to my faith. But if I am an argumentative person and people know that I'm a Christian, and, and hopefully they do because we, we are to live as, you know, live out our faith boldly. Mm-hmm. But if I'm an argumentative person and, and just am hot tempered and, and have a negative spirit and I'm always jumping in there and insulting, you know, people who disagree with me, then I'm going to turn people away from Christ. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to, to have that winsome spirit that leads people to Christ. Why, why would someone want to listen to me about my faith when I'm constantly arguing about all of these other things? And so we have to, this is a witness, an issue mm-hmm. of our witness, mm-hmm. our testimony. Um, yeah. Another, maybe one more uh, yeah. proverb, um, yeah. and then we have some other passages as well. But um, the uh, Proverbs 15.2 says, uh, The tongue of the wise makes knowledge acceptable, 
but the mouth of fools <laughs> spout folly. Yeah. When I think of that passage too, I, I think of, uh, you know, not necessarily credentials, but, you know, where you're getting your information from a lot of the times of, of you know, are you a knowledgeable person that, that someone can take your, your word as truth? Or are you just foolish with your ideas and it's all opinion or emotionally based when you just sprout whatever you feel and what you... Uh, what you feel or what you say is not backed up by you know knowledge or uh, a strong uh, time or effort you know thinking about an issue and I think some of the smartest individuals that I've heard about any any type of um, issue social issue or political issue or uh, religious issue has been someone uh, knowledgeable someone who has great impact is someone who knows what they're talking about and unfortunately some of the foolish things that I've seen in my life are, are those who um, don't really know what they're talking about <laughs> and, it, and it, it, um, we like to hear those who agree with us and so I think sometimes we tune into the news and there's right. different news stations and and we like to listen to those who have our position and 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 it will champion our cause, but maybe we need to look at both sides, uh, look at both sides of the story, and weigh both sides of an argument or an issue, and and not just read those articles that agree with us, but try to weigh both and and mm-hmm. and to discern, to have discernment. And, yeah, and that's lacking, I think, today. And I like that word that you said, discernment. I think that's something that that our culture is lacking of discerning what is right or wrong, discerning what is credible or non credible. And uh, like you said, I think we're, we're, we want our opinion to be right so bad, so bad that anyone, we, we, anyone that, that agrees with us, we're going to take the, you know, them as true. See, 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 that guy mm-hmm. over there, that guy over there, he, he agrees with me, right? Even if that man could be, you know, a fool on the street or, or you know, could have a PhD in, in what you're talking about. You know, it, it depends on <laughs> the, the, the wiseness of discerning what, what, what is real, what is false, and what, where your heart or what your passion is, is rooted in. And that comes with, you know, the Word of God as far as mm-hmm. theological interpretation. Yeah. That comes with ministry philosophy. And, you know, it's not just social justice or, uh, or political issues. You know, this this comes with how we interpret the Bible and how we present the Bible uh, in, in a manner that is is authentic. Yeah, that's a great point. And if it's if it's a biblical issue, that and we have a disagreement on that, my my source, it, it really doesn't matter what I'm what I think or what you think. The the answer is in the Bible. And what does God say? You know, what does God think? What's mm-hmm. what's His answer? And then going to His Word and and reading the passages and and making sure I'm reading those passages in context and interpreting them correctly and. And um, so you're right, you're absolutely right there, not just listening to people who agree with us and so that they say what we want them to say, but yeah, if it's a biblical issue, Lord, what, what do you say mm-hmm. and what is your truth and, and yeah. let me seek that. And if I'm wrong, you know, Lord, correct, correct my thinking. Mm-hmm. So, all right, well, I think we've, we've done a, a pretty good job looking at um, how God in, wants to redeem our words and how we are to be peacemakers. But um, let's talk a little bit about um, there maybe are times when we should speak up. Yeah. Maybe there are times when we should be quiet. Yeah. Um, and how do we know the difference? Mm-hmm. And then when it is time to speak up, how do we do that? And sure. and um, there's a great <laughs> there's a great a great verse we talked about this just the other day. Um, but uh, again, to the, in Proverbs uh, it says, "Even a fool when he keeps silent is considered wise. When he closes his lips, he's considered prudent." Yeah. So there's a time when we need to keep quiet. Yeah. And there's other verses as well. Again about. Um, 
being quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. Right. So what do you think? When when should we walk away from a conversation? Or you're at the keyboard, yeah. you're reading your Facebook thread or, yeah. or whatever, Instagram or whatever it is. Somebody makes a comment and it just, uh, you know. Yeah. When do you respond? And when do you just say, you know what? It's not worth it. I'm not going to say anything. Yeah. Well, I guess kind of kind of personally for me, you know, as someone who wants to emulate a lot of what we're talking about today, I think of when, <laughs> no matter what the issue is, when someone comes at a question or a thought or a statement that has divisive tone in it and, and almost like they're asking for an argument or they're act, asking for division or more uh, divisiveness in their, their tone or word choice in a post or even even in a conversation. I, I think that to me, no matter what the conversation is, might be something uh, that that you might want to walk away from. But as far as the other way around of, of getting into it, I think just the opposite. If someone comes from any area, if you agree with it or you don't agree with it, with a uh, you know healthy tone or spirit that is willing to learn or to grow or to have more input on something, even if it's something that you maybe aren't extremely passionate about, but you feel like you have a little bit of knowledge of, you know, that might be an appropriate time to communicate with, you know, Facebook friends or a, you know, fellowship conversation before or after church or in the workplace. Uh, but as far as if someone really is, is wanting to, you know, understand your point and comes to you with an issue, uh, as far as, you know, I'm coming from a Christianity, you know, biblical pastor perspective here, but, you know, deity of Christ, you know, if someone wants to get your input or maybe even challenge your view of who Jesus Christ is, you know, I think that's a moment to always stand up and and, and argue the cause of who Jesus Christ is. Another one is the Trinity, uh, you know, God the Father, Christ the Son, and the Holy Spirit all being three persons, uh, all fully God, uh, I think is another another one that we should definitely uh, argue in the favor of. And I, you know, I think of the virgin birth and, um, you know, other things like that, that I think, you know, there's really no middle ground on mm-hmm. um, issues like that, I would say, as far as Christianity. And, and I guess, uh, you know, if, discretion is advised when when you're doing i can't speak on a political standpoint of of what i think would be appropriate or not appropriate for political but i guess if you have the resources and the knowledge and you want to come with it as a as a healthy-hearted non-divisive spirit you know i would say as long as you are you know not promoting propaganda but but promoting you know factual evidence of what you see and what you feel passionate about but still having a tender-hearted caring warm spirit about you i think those conversations in politics um, I'm not going to really make a line with, with political mm-hmm. as long as you come with it at, at that perspective. Good. I hear, I hear several things in what you just said there. Yeah. And, and one thing um, that I heard you say was, um, is this going to be like, is, is this going to be a healthy conversation mm-hmm. or am I walking into a trap here, yeah. walking into a landmine? So that's, uh, that's one thing I heard you say, which I think is really good. Um, maybe there are conversations, you know, this is going to be an argument. So maybe it's best to steer clear. The other thing I, I heard you say was um, there are issues that are major eternally significant issues, uh, theological issues, uh, faith issues that, you know, have, have real um, significance as a matter, a matter of, you know, are we heading towards heaven or hell? You know, do we know God or not know God? And, and um, we want to evangelize and share our faith. And so those are issues we need to, we need to walk into, even if they're going to be difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the other thing I heard you say was, you know, if it's something that I have, you know, some knowledge or expertise 
I can maybe more, um, you know, be more comfortable walking into those conversations. Whereas if I don't, maybe I'm not as, you know, maybe I shouldn't step into that conversation. So I hear a lot of great things. Um, and, and another thought that comes to my mind is sometimes a conversation would be better in private mm-hmm. rather than Facebook, you know, yeah. in public. So maybe I do want to engage with someone in conversation, but, you know, maybe the the best way to evangelize or, or, or to argue or, or, or debate someone about those theological issues like the deity of Christ or, you know, the inspiration of scripture or those, those kinds of things, maybe the Facebook <laughs> format isn't the, always the best way of engaging someone, maybe to give a call or send a message or an email and say, hey, I'd love to meet with you mm-hmm. and talk to you about this. And I know you're passionate and I'm passionate too. And, and as a friend who cares about you and, and loves you, I just really love to talk to you about why I believe what I believe. Yeah, And, and maybe that would be more effective than, you know, blasting somebody on uh, right. on Facebook. Yeah, especially if that person is a friend or especially if that person's family, you know, you, you don't want to burn bridges over something you could have talked about or had the same conversation with, but you use the platform of Facebook instead of face-to-face private, mm-hmm. right? So, or even a private message or a private email. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's that avenue too that, you know, we could say the exact same things with the same tone in our minds, but it could be read differently or people could be embarrassed over, um, you know, what's out there on, on, on the web for the world to see. Mm-hmm. So there, there's different avenues in that direction. And well. maybe also prayer is a great guide. Like, you know, before you jump in, pray and say, Lord, guide me in this mm-hmm. conversation and give me the words and give me the grace and the humility. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, don't let me enter into this in pride, but with a real heart for the person. And, Prayer, I think, is, is really, before we say anything, before you say, y- y- we should pray, right? Yeah. Um, some, some great verses here that I think offer guidance, um, and, and these are verses that say, yes, engage, but, but do so in a positive way. Second uh, Timothy 2, 24 through 26 says, the Lord's bondservant must not be quarrelsome. So, you know, the, you know the, the servant of God, that's you and me, not just the pastor, but the Christian, must not be quarrelsome, but be kind to all able to teach, patient when wronged, with gentleness correcting those who are in opposition, if perhaps God may grant them repentance leading to the knowledge of the truth, that they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil, having been held captive by him to do his will. And what I love about this passage is we remember the context and how Paul faced a lot of opposition. Mm -hmm. I mean, Paul encountered people who hated him and well and at one time in his life he was that person and then yeah. god had had opened his eyes and maybe that was one of the reasons that paul could be so sensitive to those who opposed him is because he realized i used to be on that side of the fence too right. i used to be quarrelsome and argumentative and and hateful and filled with spite but god god changed my way of thinking he changed my heart and mm-hmm. god can change their heart too yeah so yes engage but do so in a way that's not quarrelsome yeah be kind Right. To, to those that disagree with you. Not just the people that agree with you. Be kind and gracious to those who disagree with you. Mm-hmm. Be patient. Yeah. Correct. Yes, right. correct them, but with gentleness. And maybe, you know, trust that God can change their heart. God can lead them. Uh, and, and if it's an instance of repentance, God can, can lead them to repentance and to truth. 
Yeah, I fully agree. And I look at those words, right? Being patient, being gentle, being kind, being, uh, you know, having knowledge of truth. I see all those things. And I, I see, yeah, I see some fruit there of, of what it what it means to be a believer. And I, th- I see fruit of, of the Holy Spirit dwelling within someone who, who identifies with these things, or we can see these things in a person's actions and words and behaviors. So, I, you know, it, it all kind of boils down to, you know, understanding our identity, you know, something we've talked about a few podcasts ago about our identity in Christ. And I think when we really understand our identity, I think it leads to this type of you know, gentleness and, and patience with our spirit. Um, when we have any type of argument or discussion with someone we we may disagree with, yeah, that's a great point. This these are this is a supernatural yeah. um, quality. Mm-hmm. We we don't. This is not our instinct. Our human Correct. instinct is I'm gonna get you. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna right. I'm gonna hammer you because you hammered me, and, yeah. and I'm gonna win. Yeah. I'm going to win. Right. This that's that's argument. what. Every single person in this whole world wants on their own. Right? I'm, I'm going to show you that you are wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're, you're right. And I think that's, that's everything right there of understanding that we, we literally cannot practice these things the way God wants us to unless we you know, have the Holy Spirit dwelling within us, unless we've trusted in the Lord Jesus for our salvation. Mm-hmm. Because if we don't, we're just going to want to you know, hurt anyone who disagrees with us. We're going to push them aside because my way is right and I am always right mm-hmm. because I am never wrong. And that's, yeah, that's <laughs> pride. I mean, that is our human pride. Yeah. But, but it is God who changes and breaks that down and makes us humble. Yeah. Another great passage uh, that really expresses the same thought is in First Peter three fifteen and 16. But in your hearts, set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience, so that those who malicious who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. And so Peter says, yeah, yeah be ready to answer people. People are going to have a question about your faith. If we, if we live out our faith... People are going to be curious about us and, mm-hmm. and have questions. And maybe they'll say things that they'll accuse us of all kinds of things and yeah. say mean things to us or about us. But that's okay. Be ready to give an answer. Be ready to defend your faith. But do so with gentleness, correcting those who are in opposition. Right, right. Yeah, it's all there. It's all there for us to stand up for, for those issues that the Lord keeps us or wants us to stand up for, but it also changes our heart and our spirit uh, when our when our flesh and our, our pride wants to go in another direction. Yeah, by all means, take a stand. Don't be a wishy washy right, right. person. Yeah, don't. Yeah, st- always stand up. Right. I, I think you know. You know, we're talking about you know how our how our heart should be and and the direction we're coming from, but that that doesn't change the fact. I think some Christians you know, take that as, you know, I'm just trying to be nice, right? I just want to be, you know, well-liked by these individuals, or I, I just want to show them Christ's love without, you know, standing for Christ's mm-hmm. truth, right? So, yeah, we're, we're not saying, you know, don't stand for anything because it'll offend them. That's, that's the opposite of what we're saying. We're saying stand for truth, mm-hmm. but come at it with a uh, a, a change of heart that's contrary to the world. Yeah, that's that's awesome. That's a great point. That there's there really is kind of a balance here, and yeah. some fall on one side or the other. Some some want to make peace so much yeah. that they're willing to sacrifice truth, and they're <laughs> willing to compromise uh, things that we shouldn't compromise, <laughs> and they're willing to just say, "Well, well, whatever." And and God God doesn't want us to do that. And we think of people like Elijah who stood on <laughs> Mount Carmel and said, "If the Lord is God, worship Him. If Baal is God, worship Him." But you can't sit on the fence. 
sense. And yeah. so at times we need to be like Elijah and, and to be bold like that. Um, so we don't want to fall on that side where we just compromise everything. We, we don't want to compromise. On the other hand, we don't want to be jerks. You know, we don't want to, yeah. you know, just be so adamant and, and, and dogmatic about everything that we just are, are, are turn people away in the process. So mm-hmm. um, there's a standing for truth. And yet there's a standing for truth in the spirit of God. Yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. And um, yeah, I love that word compromise. We don't, we don't compromise. It's not a, either we stand for truth or we come at it with a gentle spirit. No, we, we come at it with a gentle spirit and having truth. We, we can mm-hmm. share those things. We don't have to choose one. Mm-hmm. You know, we can have both in this. Yeah, Paul never, com- Paul didn't no, compromise Paul, his message. Paul didn't compromise either. And, and, and it led him to, to death as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it also led him or led others uh, to saving knowledge because of his personality and his changed heart. Mm-hmm. So, and, and he definitely talked about his past too of not having that changed heart and, and what life was like left on his own accord. Mm-hmm. So it's a big part of his ministry as well. This is this has really been a great yeah. conversation, and I think this is so applicable and so practical. Yeah. And and I I need to be reminded, and, and this is a daily thing. I think that we need to be reminded of of how we relate to others, mm-hmm. how we communicate with others, and how we approach disagreements. And there are today we live in a polarized a polarized time a a culture that is divided and and it's so easy to just dig in and and just really look at others on the other side as the enemy mm-hmm. rather than those that 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 we need to love and that Christ loves and so I, I don't know. This has been a good conversation. Yeah, yeah, I, I strongly agree. I strongly agree. So Pastor Trent, could you close us in a word of prayer? Sure. Father God, we thank you for this time here today. We thank you, Lord, for your word that gives us wisdom. We thank you. Uh, we've, we spent a lot of time in the Proverbs today. And we thank you for the wisdom that comes through through the Proverbs and through all of your word. And you care about how we communicate. You care about how we relate to others. You care about our words, the words that we use. And so, Lord, uh, we need your wisdom to guide us. And, Lord, we, uh, we're just so thankful that you give us your spirit and that you are working to transform us. And we don't always get it right. But, Lord, when we get it wrong, help us to, uh, to, to reach out and to, to build bridges and to, to even express um, you know, our, our sorrow when we have hurt others. Uh, but, Lord, uh, build, build bridges and, and mend relationships and help us to reach those who are in disagreement. And maybe it's a small thing. The small disagreements help us to talk about those things productively. Maybe it's a big thing, a gospel issue, and help us to reach out in a way that will draw others to you and not drive them away. And so, Lord, I pray that you would guide us in this area of our lives as, as we seek to follow you. We thank you for your goodness and your grace, your mercy and your love. And we pray this in the name of Jesus, our Savior. Amen. Amen.